Hey, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast, where we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Mort. I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach, and I love helping people understand and engage with their natural internal rhythms and processes using creativity and play so they can make sustainable progress on meaningful pursuits without getting overwhelmed, shutting down or burning out. So... In this week's episode, I am sharing a conversation that I recently had catching up with Cameron Aaron, who I last spoke with in 2018 for the Gentle Rebel podcast, um, pre the new dawn here. So that uh, that interview is only available in the Haven. It's not available in the podcast archives. But um, yeah, it's in the library over at the Haven. And a lot has been going on for both of us and obviously the rest of the world since 2018 there's there's been a few things going on um and so it was really great to catch up and see where the conversation wanted to go to, to kind of catch up with Cameron and see what's going on and yeah what's been happening <laughs> what's been changing uh, we'd exchanged emails a, a while back about the possibility of chatting and the theme of uh, navigating unwanted change came up uh, specifically The idea of coming to terms with uh, projects and ventures and relationships coming to an end, um, even if we might not want them to. Um, You know, what tells us that it's time to let go? How do we get through that kind of the the grief of that? Um, And how do we know where to go next um, and and start making movements in that uh, kind of direction? So it kind of reminded me, uh, actually, when I was reflecting after we spoke of the blog post that I wrote a while back on the topic of survivorship bias and how often stories of things failing, things going wrong or things not going to plan um, are often only really shared or told by people as part of um, the story that eventually ends in some kind of success. And it was like, you know, I had to go through that in order to reach this other point. And it can feel kind of lonely when a failure is is simply that, like it's contingent, like on success coming eventually. Um, and I I realise I, I don't really enjoy hearing, you know, pure success stories. It might sound a bit odd, but I'm more drawn to people who, um, I don't know, may, maybe don't feel the need to make meaning where there is no meaning and, you know, where like a, a failure or thing, something just not being great something that just feels a bit crap and is not what you would choose uh, is just exactly that and it isn't kind of reconciled by it sort of everything turning out okay at the end um and that might sound bleak but <laughs> i just i think there's just something more authentic about that and i want to have real conversation with people in real situations and as cameron and i discussed we really do rarely hear people discussing things going wrong um, and that being the end of the story. Uh, so it's kind of refreshing to do so. It helps us feel, in my opinion, less lonely and more connected because uh, it's like, oh, you have that too. <laughs> I'm really glad about that. Um, and so I, f- I feel a kind of a draw to amplify those of us who are just, you know, muddling along, trying to get along with life, living meaningful lives in in ordinary ways um and i think it's one of the best tonics that we have to the damaging impact of um certainly the kind of the weird rock star startup culture that has uh kind of 
kicked in over the past decade or so, maybe a bit longer. I don't know. Uh, which puts it puts us on some very strange tracks and following some weird values and beliefs that I think really keep us separated and on a road of, of dehumanizing one another, whether through sort of deifying people as more than human or vilifying them as monsters. Often it's it's both. We we kind of put people on pedestals um, and then glory in them falling off that pedestal um, because, oh, it turns out they're just human and they're just ordinary and it's really hard to <laughs> to live in this modern world. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know if that is a theme in our conversation, but it, f- it felt like something that was, uh, I don't know, it was something I was reflecting on after we spoke. So I'm really happy to to share this conversation with you and I hope there's stuff that resonates uh, with you in this. You know, we talk about a lot of things that have been pivoting in both of our lives over the past few years since we last spoke. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. I'll be back at the end to uh, yeah, wrap things up and, and say a proper goodbye. So the year before the pandemic, 2019, was actually when my old business started, the Feminist Coach Academy, with my business partner. And it was just kind of in a like a developing phase, like a pilot round, you know, that that year, 2019. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and our business actually like did pretty well during that and we we were offering cohorts and you know so people would come and be a part of a cohort and um there were classes for them it was an online course that we were offering but we were also offering community and all of that and it did it actually it had great success (laughs) for like oh until 2022 in 2022 I was like everything went to and um not just like in that realm but but I have to say though I and I will get to this like 2022 was the hardest year for me but it was also like one of the most important years for me and sometimes those two things like coincide together Mm -hmm. and So my business was um, just, I don't want to say failing, but it kind of was. And then um, other things in my life were, I had loss, I was experiencing loss in other parts of my life. And it just felt like um, just a struggle, a really big struggle. And I probably cried more last year than any other time in my life. Um, I think I felt like I'm not where I want to be. And I thought I was going, like heading more in the direction of where I wanted to be. But I was where my soul wanted to go next. It was just in this transitional 
period. And that can be some of the hardest times when we're in that transition period where something is ending or has ended and, but something else is on the horizon. And for me, that was finally embracing, I want to be an astrologer and I'm going to study and take a course, get my certificate, which I did, and deepening my spiritual practice in a variety of ways. And that actually helped me get through it through the year. And I had like something new brewing brewing on the horizon. And that really, really helped. And then the business of the Feminist Coach Academy officially ended at the beginning of 2023 this year. And it was kind of a surprise, but also kind of not, you know, because it had been failing for like a year. And we tried everything and nothing worked anymore. And it was just like, what is happening? And then my business partner finally was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I decided to let it go with them. And I could have continued, but I just, I was very sad about it. And, um, but it also felt like this is the time to end this and to move on to the next chapter of my life. And to pursue different things now. Yeah. So, but here yeah. we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, so many different threads to to kind of pull at there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, the kind of I suppose coming to terms with the change that maybe you don't want to see happen, and coming yeah. to terms with that. You know, I've tried everything and yeah, it's not, it's failing. I need to make a decision about this. Um, and then seeing the new blossoming starts within the end of something else and, um, yeah, kind of recognizing those and what, what do they mean and things like that. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, um, it's interesting that obviously the, the shift in the business in 2022 that you described, um, what was, what what do you have a sense of what kind of brought that about no no uh, i really don't um it's a mystery to be it might always be <laughs> yeah so what was it that changed um we just stopped making money and yeah. people stopped signing up well actually we got a few signups but it just wasn't enough to keep it going and um yes stopped making money our mark like we the marketing we used to do didn't work anymore we tried all different kinds of marketing I mean, we we tried for like a year you know and and it got to this point where it's like we're not making money and we don't have the capital to invest in more marketing that's the other thing we just didn't have the capital to like invest in ads or like other things or to hire somebody to like do our marketing for us or something so when you don't have those economic privileges like you know you are sort of in a different position and um I, I think like sure there probably could have been things that we some other things that could have been done to help save the business but we weren't in a position to be able to do those things and um so 
you know, it it came to a certain point where we needed to make a decision about it. Like either we're going to go full in and keep it going and just keep trying, or we're going to say no. And um, by that point, my business partner was really burnt out as well. And I mean, I was burnt out too. (laughs) Burnt out on really trying to make something work that just wasn't for so long. Also burnt out on the business itself, unfortunately. And um, because we went really hard for like several years with it. We were really ambitious with it. We did a lot of things. And I think that that also contributed to the burnout. But I don't regret it, like what we did. Like, sure, like maybe we could have gone at a little bit of a gentler pace or rate or like maybe not tried to do all the things at first, you know, with our first cohort and stuff. But I'm proud of us that we did. You know, I'm proud of us for, you know, trying the things that we did. And, um, you know, yeah, eventually we did get burnt out. (laughs) But it wasn't just that. It was economic, you know, struggle and not having enough funding and investments. And we did, um, you know, apply for things like that. And, um, not having enough capital and you know I think not enough like entrepreneurs and small businesses talk about that right like the capital that you have to invest in your business is huge yeah 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 I think and just hearing you talk in this way about it I think it's such a a breath of fresh air as well to hear hear that said because I know that there are a lot of people who struggle in similar ways and there's almost a taboo around you know what you've got to whether it's fake it till you make it or just give this like impression that things are going a lot better than maybe they actually are Um, yeah and I think they're really not going as great as most people think they are and that that's the that's okay like that's the reality like when you don't have the capital to invest in your business like you have to go you have to grow slower and that I think that's fine, but we do live in a society that pressures us to, um, you know, make things happen now. Yeah. And so we think if we're not making money now, or we're not getting clients now, or we're not selling our product now, then we're not successful, or oh, it's not going to work, or whatever. And um, that's not true, you know, like. Mm. And, and so now I'm in like a new business and, you know, I've had multiple businesses since I was 23 years old and I'm 38. So it's like, you know, it's been an entrepreneur a long time and I know how this works. You know, I know that it takes a while to really, you know, grow your business and everything that I've learned up until this point is making me like a better business person now with this new business too because like I know how it works I know the struggles and um but it's it's me like there's no other way I can't be an employee that's just like not this is not me (laughs) yeah you stand up dust yourself off and go again yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and I'm multi-passionate which I know you can relate to and I think a lot of highly sensitive people are multi-passionate so it's like, you know, this new business I have, I'm so passionate about it. I'm very excited about this new chapter in 
my life, we are starting from scratch again. <laughs> but there's also beauty in that. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing in itself, the the idea of starting from scratch. Because like, although, yeah, that's true on the one hand, it's also you're starting from a from a position that, as you, yeah, and as you just said, you're sort of integrating all those things that you've learned from previous businesses, and um, and actually, I th- you know, I have a tendency to always think oh, I'm starting again from like base level zero, uh, and actually, it's yeah easy to but forget it's not really all of those things that you, yeah it's exactly not really exactly yeah. yeah no no it's true it, yeah but it's mm. also like okay I've. I can now start this business. I've already started it, but you know, and I, I, so it's like, I've been starting this new business, like kind of doing things in a maybe slightly different way than I have before, or just being more like, like I'm going in with like the tools that I've developed and with, you know, like, okay, I'm I'm going to do this and I'm going to try this and I'm going to, you know, and, I have more confidence this time around. I have more belief in putting myself out there and also just knowing that it's a long game, right? Mm-hmm. And trusting that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it definitely feels like I'm like I'm matured as a an entrepreneur. And so what what are some of the like practical things that you're that you've noticed have have changed as you approach the new business Mm. um well relationship to social media has changed a lot yeah that's a big one and I no longer rely on social media for like to be everything or to be like you know um to yeah, to be even like the main way I market myself. Like I realize, like I don't want to be on social media a lot. It's not good for my mental health. <laughs> and, um, and I get mad at it, you know, <laughs> like, because you never know what the algorithm is going to do. And if people are going to like your posts or, whatever and or even see them and you start to like have this really like it just it's like unnecessary stress you know like what what and so um it is it is like something I'm still working on but I I realize like I want um to use like newsletters and my podcast as sort of like the main ways that I um, market and share content and I love writing I love writing newsletters I love sharing them weekly I love giving people you know insights in those weekly emails I love emails and I've started to like and podcasts and but I think like just going with what you actually like and what your, your, your strengths, right. And what like doing, using the um, platforms and the mediums that you actually enjoy and creating content that way. And um, then using social media as just like a way to connect 
and share here and there, but not to rely on it too much or put too much into it because it is always changing and we we never know what it's going to do. And kind of like reassessing my expectations about that. Mm. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, oh man, the social media algorithm. It's like an insatiable beast, isn't it? Where you just, and you can put so much time and effort into creating these, you know, pieces of uh, content or whatever. And then it's just crickets. Like there's absolutely nothing. It's like, what am I doing? And I think one of the things I've noticed um, with something like Instagram is connecting with people who, you know, are potentially going to be interested in what I'm doing and, and everything. You then, the, the algorithm then sends you more people doing similar things to you. And I find that almost overwhelming in itself because it's like, oh, I'm just like, just one of so many people trying to compete in this space. And it's like, that is not like, I mean, a competitive mindset is not something that I really want anyway. Um, But I just noticed that sort of changing my mentality and then the impact that has on like my nervous system and like everything around it is huge. Um, And yeah, hearing what you say about like, you know, connect with that thing that you enjoy, like, whether it's the podcast, like writing, newsletters. I think, you know, email is still, for me, one of the most important parts of the way that I um, communicate with people because it's it's personal. And like with podcasting, it's like you're in someone's ears and there's a, like, you know, my relationship when I'm listening to podcasts, that, like there's something about that vibe that is just so, um, I don't know, meaningful intimate connecting that you don't get with social media um, and so it's just yeah. recognizing the purpose of these different things and um, yeah what they the value they give you personally the value that they bring if you're running a business to your business and and just honing in on that stuff so that you're not burning yourself out on things that are just yeah time sucks Absolutely. energy sucks. yeah yeah and I heard somebody call social media like especially instagram like social performativity mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is you know um yeah and and i think yeah we should yeah like you said like be cautious and yeah like the algorithm is not as smart as it thinks it is because it, yeah just showing you more of who you are essentially yeah. like that no and i don't you know, I do have to be careful about who I follow because of that competitive side that can come out or comparison or something. And it's like, okay, um, yeah, no. (laughs) Like, I don't like to fall into that trap either. Um, and, And I think that's okay to, like, have boundaries there and, you know, be careful about what you're consuming we should be careful about what we're consuming and hmm. and all and yeah just deliberate about all of that do you have are there things that tell you like when you're falling into that trap do you have things that you look out for yeah i don't know why does it always come back to like anger for me right. <laughs> because i mentioned like being mad earlier 
And that's kind of my signal is like, if I start getting mad or like, and it's coming from like maybe a place of fear, really like afraid that I'm not good enough or that um, I'm not as good as them or people won't like me or um, whatever it is. Right. So it's anger oftentimes is coming from a place of fear. So it's probably that, but I notice like when I start to feel angry or like irritated or kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's my signal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, It's certainly irritation. Like just, yeah. Find myself getting annoyed with the people that I'm looking at, and it's and I've kind of trained myself to like to notice that, to become aware. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm feeling there's like maybe some bitterness or resentment that's just yeah, bitterness and growing there. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, okay, what's that telling me about what I'm feeling? She often a kind of sense of disconnect or. Um, maybe isolation mm. so then I'll be like okay I need to somehow connect either with the person that I'm resenting <laughs> in this moment yeah sometimes it is that way yeah, yeah yeah and just to remind myself that they're human that they're the same as me like all of that stuff that actually because I'm again one of the the big issues with social media is that disconnect that dehumanizing factor that Absolutely. Um, you know, we can just forget that actually we're all trying to <laughs> muddle on in the same kind of way. Um, and actually that, yeah, just if I've been too much in my own head or behind a laptop for too long, that can then lead to that sense of, of isolation. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, I need to either connect with that person or connect with something around me, like just get out and... Yeah. Somehow I need to scratch that itch. (laughs) Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, going back into the, the beginnings and endings thing, um, I don't know what the, the question is here, but, um, kind of recognize, how do you recognize the opportunities uh, within an end, especially when it's hard, mm-hmm. like you, you yeah. know, explained that so well with the business and, you know, loss in other areas of your life, it sounds like as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, because, you know, um, when my business partner told me like they were done, I could have, you know, continued and I chose not to because I was listening to that deeper voice, you know, inside myself that said, no, you know, I don't want to go on without my business partner. And also it just feels like the time to let this go, even though it's hard and it's sad. And, um, So it's just that inner feeling of like, no, actually, I don't want to keep going. And even though I'm sad that this is ending and I feel like it didn't live up to all of its potential, you know, like there was so much more it could have been and done, we could have done with it. And like, 
we had so many hopes and dreams and goals with Mm. it, you know? And so we had to let that go, you know, and grieve that. And that's big. And I was depressed for a little bit. um, And I let my, but I did let myself feel all of the feelings of grief. But anyway, going back to your question, it's like, I just listened to that inner feeling that I had of like, um, it's time to end this thing because other people like, like this is an opportunity to move on with something else. And I did have people go, well, you could keep it going and, and you could do this and you could do that. And there were people around me kind of like, they wanted me to keep going, you know, and they were throwing out ideas for me to do that. But I just felt that like, ugh, every time they did that, you know, and like, that's a sign, right? Like, yeah. listen to your body, right? Like, what is it doing? It's just like, ugh, no, ugh, ugh. Mm-hmm. So I'd be honest, you know, and the, the more honest we are about that, the better off we're going to be, because mm-hmm. then we're not going to continue a situation or um, a business or an idea or something that we're no longer, that our soul is no longer aligned with or whatever, right? And so you know, again, I still don't know why it had to end really. Like why did it have to just like, um, disintegrate, you know, I don't know, but when it did, it felt like it was time to move on from it. It was, it felt like it was time to let go Mm -hmm. and embrace a new beginning, a new chapter in my life. And yes, I still had to like feel all the feelings and go through all the stages of grief and be depressed for a while. And I did go and live with my parents for like a month because I was sad about that. There were a few other things in my life that I was unhappy about. And that really helped actually when I went to be with my parents for a little while. It really helped to just have their support and their stability And that's also a privilege too, I know, like not everybody has that. Um, And that really renewed me. Um, But yeah, I, I think like the opportunity was listening to how I felt in my body and then embracing the new opportunity that awaited me. And fortunately for me, I already knew what that was, you know, because I had been, I had already been embracing that you know, my astrology practice and pursuits, but some people don't know what's next for them, Mm. you know, when something ends in their life. And so you are entering the unknown, unknown territory and it's scary and it's hard and it's full of grief and you just have to kind of trust and, you know, wander around in the woods, the dark woods for a little while. Mm. Yeah. And you just, describe that so beautifully and I think it's that allowing time is is really there in several parts of what you've just said is like the the patience and almost the the trust that okay I just need to ride through this um I don't need to force anything um and obviously you know having that chance to live with your parents for for that month and um, and even having people making those suggestions, um, you know, or you could carry on the business like this. And and actually there's something, I can imagine that being quite frustrating to some degree, 
Um, but it's also a good kind of clarifying and validating thing to have happen because it's like, oh no, I can I, I can see there's a pattern here in my reaction, which is sort of constricting. Like I'm not, when I'm hearing these suggestions, I'm not getting excited. I'm feeling like, no, actually I don't want to be doing this. Um, and the more that you can have that, the more confident you can be in that kind of the end in the letting go of that thing. Um, and also that grief that you described. Um, and I'd love to hear more about how you, um, how you kind of came to terms with all of those dreams that, you know, you had all of this vision that for the business and all of this stuff that actually that letting go of that is really, really tough. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear more. Was that a process or yeah, how did that go? Yeah, come about? it was because 2022, like I said, I cried a lot in 2022 oh. and I'm not like the biggest crier, but it's like, it was a struggle. Right. And I was crying over like the loss of multiple things in my life, but that being one of them. And so 2022 was like grieving the like the loss of the what the business was at the time and like the can like how it just keeps decreasing and decreasing and decreasing things don't get better things don't get better so it's like grieving that but then like 2023 was grieving once we ended things it was grieving the hopes and the dreams that we had with it now that it's officially gone we're officially done there will be no more hopes and dreams with it right like um and so that had to go through its process and I I mean I let myself feel my feelings you know for a while I mean always but you know like to be sad for a while and to cry whenever that came you know and to let it out to be sad when I felt sad um and it came in waves so there were days where it's like oh I feel like I'm accepting this mm. and then there were days where I was like oh god you know just like really wrapped up in the grief and like it just kind of came and went and um I think because I let myself feel those feelings go through that process and I didn't try to um shove it away I, you know, eventually did get to a place where things felt just like calm, just like, yeah, this is, you know, mm. that was then and now is now. And I mean, I can talk about it now and I don't really feel sad right now as I talk about it. I, I just feel like, because so much has happened, like, just <laughs> like, like, I mean, this year is almost over, but it's like so much has happened this year, like the internal feelings and shifts and then also externally in my life. So it's like, yeah, I'm at a place now where it's like I've truly, truly come to that acceptance stage. And and I really feel like I'm in this new chapter and things are happening for me. And um, and I have new hopes and dreams <laughs> um and those keep me going mm. yeah that's great yeah. yeah 
Yeah, and uh, it's that's such a a, a well defined, uh, yeah, articulated kind of story of that process, um, which I'm sure so many people will resonate with in different ways. Whether it's like you know the end of a relationship, kind of reminded me of you know breakdown of my marriage when you kind of have this picture, this image, like okay, we're building this for the rest of our lives. Like that's what you're doing. And then suddenly that gets stripped away and you've got this, um, yeah, all of those, those hopes and dreams and the th- things that you've kind of envisaged and imagined no longer are there. Um, and so you've got to just allow them to, I guess, yeah, sort of let, lay them to rest, lay, let them rest in peace. Um, and, also, they will potentially be there forever as you kind of reflect back on like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if that had turned out differently. Um, and that to be okay and not a, a thing like, oh, I shouldn't think like that. It's like, no, that's a natural way to think. But then you also do then move into a season of those new hopes and dreams that you're talking about. And, and actually, okay, yeah, the, the story continues. There's another chapter to be written. Um, and and all of this is part of that same that same story overall. Um, so that's great. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I went through a breakup in 2021, and you know was still really grieving it last year um, because it takes a while. Because that also was a relationship um, that had a lot of hopes and dreams <laughs> mm. and a, like a you know, a vision for the future. And then it was like, oh, okay, guess not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I know that, yeah, I know that feeling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird feeling. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to come back and um, to pick up on what you were saying uh earlier about obviously you knew you'd been kind of exploring the astrology stuff you knew Mm -hmm. okay this is what I want to go and do and interested to to think about that navigating that period of the new thing um and I don't know if you've got any you know previous experiences of of finding that thing that you're going to do next maybe if you like if you don't have that ready-made path because um, yes, I, I do have that. Oh, you do. I've had, that. I've had that. Yeah. So this time around, I I knew what the next thing was, but um, I have had a period in my life where I didn't. Is that what you're asking about? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, that was like 2016. And I left my old business. See, I've had multiple businesses. Yeah. Um, I had a personal training and running coaching business most of my 20s and I think I was 31 when I decided well I I had known I had decided before that that I didn't want to do that business anymore but I was still seeing clients because it was like my income but I had gone back to school to get my master's in anthropology and social change so I did that like 28 to 30 And I thought there for a second, like, oh, I think I want to go for a PhD and be a professor. And then, though, 
nope, I felt that pull of going back to being an entrepreneur, going back to having my own business. I don't want to work for somebody else. It, it wasn't just like, I don't want to work for somebody else. It just was like a strong just pull to like, no, I need to do my own thing and be in charge of my, of that, you know, and I'm used to that. It feels, it just feels like what I need to be doing. And so I was like, nope, not going for a PhD. Nope, not going to be a professor. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. <laughs> and then I decided I wanted to become a nomad. <laughs> And I did. I became a nomad and I had no idea what I was going to do next. And I just kind of worked some odd jobs for a while and kind of just bring in some money. Like, I don't know if you know what Postmates is. Postmates? Yeah. It's kind mm -hmm. of like Uber Eats. Do you know what that is? Or yeah, DoorDash? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So I worked that because it was yeah. like flexible and you just, you don't have a boss. I mean, you're not like an employee. That was helping at that time. At that time, they were still pretty new. So working for them was actually better than it is now, I mm. imagine, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, so I did that. I did, you know, but I had then started, like, in 2016, I started a new blog and a new podcast, Real Feminist Stories. It wasn't a business, wasn't making money, but I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I'm just going to do more of it. And then, you know, try to, you know, work these other little jobs and bring in some cash while I live this sort of wild life. But, <laughs> and so like kind of an adventure. Um, it was like really, truly like I had stepped into the unknown and was just flying by the seat of my pants for a while and mm -hmm. that is not for everyone <laughs> I am you know like I it, it was it had its struggles it had its kind of fun adventurous moments as well and you know I had friends who would let me stay with them I had you know I started getting to house sitting for people um you know I, there were a lot of different things I did and I had some resources to to you know rely on there with people that I knew and connections and stuff. But yeah, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants for a while, but I just kept following what I was passionate about and like not knowing if it would become a business or whatever, like, but then eventually I felt this strong pull to like do life coaching. And then I got into that, but you know, there was a while where I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And people are like, wait, what are you doing? And and why are you, why did you leave your studio? You had such a nice studio and now you're just like a nomad. And now you're just like, why did you leave your clients? You know, like I left stability. And that's what mm -hmm. people basically were asking me is like, why would you leave stability and security to just basically, um, Enter in the unknown. <laughs> yeah. And what was your answer to the, those questions? <laughs> I, I just, the thing is, like, I don't really have an answer that makes sense to anybody yeah. because um, it was just like my soul wanted this kind of freedom. 
And I had to say yes to it. And it, it had been brewing for a while because before I like decided to move out and do this, I, you know, I had some friends that started like living the van life or like, um, I've actually met someone who was housed in full time. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Cause I'm actually kind of a homebody. I'm not like a van person, hmm. but, um, you know, I, it had been brewing, like, I, I need a change, I want to go. And I had this feeling like, even though, yes, I had a great little studio, my landlord next door was a dick, but I did have a great little studio. <laughs> um, and but I had this feeling of like, I, I can't be here anymore. Like, I just need to go. I need to get out. I need to get out. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, but I need to get out. And I need to explore. And that's all I could tell you was that that's the feeling I had that was very loud. And I just decided to go with it and to put all my faith in it. And, you know, then, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I imagine a lot of people can identify. I, mean, I don't with... necessarily recommend it for no. everybody. <laughs> No, no. And it's one of the things I, I'm often saying, um, I often say to people, because I stay with different people and um, I'd be like, I, I don't advocate for the sort of life that I'm living. <laughs> and I'm very glad that not everybody does it because it means that I get to stay with people. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I, I think it really speaks to, you know, there's, a lot of the time we, we get caught, especially in the world of, you know, the online world, blogs, podcasts, like people dishing out life advice and those kinds of things. It's, it's almost like, I believe everyone needs to, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone how to live or how to live generally. Yeah, and they need right. to live like I do. And it's like, I'm so grateful for the fact that not everybody does. And oh, <laughs> it's absolutely. yeah, no. And, and really I hate important. that thing where it's like, yeah, just do what I did or because I did it, you can too. Or it's like, no, like everyone has their own path and mm. just needs to follow that has their own nudges, you mm. know? And it's like, follow your nudges. My nudge now is stability. <laughs> I'm going back to stability, you know, yeah. like, and so, yeah, there's these periods in our life where it's like, this is what the soul or, you know, our human self wants to do now listen to that and then that changes eventually right it's all about change change is inevitable um but yeah it's i mean i'm glad i went through that period and said yes to that and i'm also glad that you know i'm entering a new one now mm. a different one yeah 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 and it's that re recognizing this isn't forever there's things and certainly coming out of a um, a particular season and, you know, dealing with a big change as we've been talking about. Um, it might be, actually, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. I had had my eyes, you know, my vision was focused on that thing that I thought was going to happen. That isn't happening. I don't have a clear picture of what I'm going to do instead. Um, and that's and okay. Yeah, and that's fine. And it's, it's kind of, okay, I'm going to just explore and it's always a difference between like a, a rebound and a committed, you know, like relationship or whatever, like in the context of life itself. It's like, actually there may be 
a place for the for those rebound things just to get yourself going get yourself sort of exploring and Absolutely. and so and what you said about um you know ex- being exposed to you know meeting the people who are living the van life meeting the person who's doing a lot of house sitting actually creating that sense of possibility the sense of i know these alternative ways of doing things um like allowing that to occur in in us and the possibility of that to occur and it's it's like i might be coming from this place where this you know becoming a nomad is so alien to everybody who's been in my life but actually it's not an alien concept um but i need to find people who can be role models for me who can show me um you know how do you make this work this thing that as you say my my soul is calling out for like that this part of me is is kind of gravitating towards this change okay who are the people that i might need to kind of invite into my life who can show me um how that can be possible yes absolutely yeah and there have been people in my life always kind of modeling what it is i want to do next and that and you know and whether anybody else in my life gets it or not, right? It's just like having those one or two people and maybe they know who you are, maybe they don't, right? Like maybe you just mm. listen to their podcast or, and they don't yeah. even know you exist. That's That can be a role model though, right? Like, yeah. so people who you know in person or just like online or that are living in a way or doing something that is interesting to you, that speaks yeah. to you. Like you don't have to, like if you don't, if you're in a space of unknown, you don't know what's next. You don't have to commit to anything. Like just explore, just follow what you're interested in. You don't have to make a big commitment to it. Just like, just keep like saying yes to what you feel drawn towards. Mm. Yeah. Very well put. Yeah. I think for some people it's recognizing what those nudges are and they can be yeah. so sort of tampered down that it can right. be hard to know what is your nudge? What is the message that you've internalized yeah. from other people? Um, yeah. Any thoughts around that? Yeah. I think going back to your bodily response, like we were talking to like how I would get that response. Like people are like, you could continue this business. You could do this, mm. this and this. And I had that, like, I felt tightness in my body. I felt that like, eh, I wasn't excited about it. Um, so like listening to that, cause your body doesn't lie in that regard. Like it's, it's like, okay, do I feel some like ease and space in my body with this, you know, idea or does it feel like constricting or like, sometimes we can be afraid of what we really want to be doing. And so there is a feeling of fear but there's also like another feeling that's just like it's still calling your attention and you're just like you know and so like that's something to pay attention to and I think you know just take like baby steps with it just kind of like allow it you know give it a little attention but you don't have to fully commit you know just but just keep kind of like interesting you know be curious about what that is because I've had that and it's like I'm I'm I don't know I'm not I'm not ready to like embrace that or 
I don't know, that could change my whole life. Ah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, but over time, you kind of like, you know, you just stay intrigued. And mm-hmm. over time, it kind of just maybe like develops when you're just mm-hmm. like, you get a little more comfortable with it. And just like, okay, all right. Like I told my ex, who, um, like back in 2019, I was like, I'm going to be an astrologer, you know, <laughs> but I wasn't ready to like, actually like study or like, you know, really fully embrace it. And, um, his response was like, Oh, I don't need another astrologer in my life. <laughs> so that didn't help. <laughs> but I was like, yeah but I wasn't gonna let him dictate that for me I just myself wasn't quite ready to like fully but I was like I really kind of want to do this and um you know it took a couple years for me to be like no I'm doing this Mm. (laughs) that's great yeah yeah. Yeah. and even that like as you it's almost like experimenting by just putting it out there to other people and recognizing yes, exactly like someone you trust you know yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. it's like what am i i don't know what what's my reaction to their reaction yeah like, and if i'm <laughs> disappointed that they're not you know oh not i don't need another astrologer in my life like if that it's like oh that must mean that this is important to me or vice yeah, versa absolutely yeah and i think it's really great that you touched on that you know the the fear uh m- might be a sign or that that kind of being afraid might be a sign that actually no this isn't the thing for me but it might be the sign that it is the thing for you as well um, exactly. but you don't have to go full on you know everything into it all at once and I th- like in my experience and I know with a lot of highly sensitive people as well it's the that integration of possibility over time kind of just yeah. allows it to uh, almost assimilate into you and mm. before you know it down the line it's like actually this feels like an inevitability rather than this alien concept absolutely yeah um, and again that requires time <laughs> it requires yeah it does and our patience. I think we have multiple destinies and I think our destinies find us in different times of our life, but it's up to us to answer the call, you know? And, and it's like, okay, like this thing kept being around and it, and it kept like, and I've, Mm. you know, just was like, kept being curious. And then I finally was like, all right, I took the action, you know, and I embraced it. And that's happened to me multiple times in my life with, you know, multiple things, Mm. but Yeah, I mean, um, and it can happen too with things that aren't related to career. Uh, two years ago, I got into baseball, total most random thing ever in my life. Like, why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm into it. I'm like totally into it. You're and still into baseball, Lee? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, and everybody who knew me at the time, like who had known me, was like, what? <laughs> really? And I had, I've been an athlete my whole life, but I was a runner. Mm-hmm. And I also did dance um, when I was uh, younger. But I was never into team sports and I never watched team sports. 
I did watch the Olympics, but it was always like individual events usually. Baseball? No, it was not on my radar. Okay, I knew nothing. I mean, I, I'm telling you, fate found me. But I said, yes, I got curious. I one day sat down, turned on the TV, started watching it, and I felt like home. I was like, this is strange. That's so interesting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a new hobby had developed in my life that I became passionate about and more knowledgeable about. And, you know, like, we're passionate people. You know, we don't take our hobbies lightly. Like, mm. we have a hobby we're going to know all the ins and outs about it. So like I've been studying baseball, like I've been watching a lot. I'm really knowledgeable. I'm a new fan, but I know more than a lot of like people who have been fans for a long time because I've just dove in deep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah. But I like, that's an example of like, Hey, something totally mm. random could come and find you. You like, you feel a pull. You're like, what this? Why? Yeah. But something like, weird clicks so yeah yeah mm. oh amazing i think that's a great that's a great way to end <laughs> find well, yeah open your receptors to yeah your proverbial baseball invitation i love Absolutely. that yeah. welcome <laughs> it's been so good yeah thank you so much for for joining me and uh taking the time thank you so much for having me all right there we go i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did um i'd love to know what resonated in it with you uh do please send me a message if there's anything that sort of stands out or things you would like to maybe even explore a bit further a bit deeper um which you can do if you come and join us in the haven we'll be opening up a discussion uh further in that sort of in the safety and the the privacy of that space to uh, reflect on some of the ideas and themes that cam and i uh, talked about so you can learn more about that at the haven.co the dash haven.co um, and you can connect with Cam through the website airinastrology.com. So it's A-I-R-E-N astrology.com. Um, and that would be great. So good to speak with Cam. So good to, to catch up and, yeah, explore the stuff that we did. It was great. So, yes, I really appreciate that. All right, I'll be back again next time with another episode of the Gentle Rebel podcast. Until then, do remember that you are an artist. The world needs your art. Now go and make somebody's day. Bye-bye.